intelligence. I'm glad you found it. We were wondering which side it would be on this meeting. <laughs> All right, Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Yes. Commissioner Bass? Here. Commissioner Kirpies? Here. Commissioner Martz? Here. Commissioner Topshin? Here. Vice Chair Moore? Here. Chair Wright? Present. We have quorum. Item number four is approval of the agenda. If everyone's had a chance to review tonight's agenda, I'll entertain a motion to approve. Also move. Is there a second? Second. Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Commissioner Bass? Yes. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Uh, abstain, I wasn't here. And the motion passes. Item number five is approval of the minutes. If everyone's had a chance to review the minutes from the August 10th meeting, I'll entertain a motion to approve. <laughs> Just realized my error, yep. <laughs> Uh, Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Commissioner Bass? Aye. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. Motion passes. And, and despite my uh, prior statement, do not mark me as absent for tonight's meeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, item number six is public comment. Do we have any speakers from the public? No public speak. Oh. Alrighty. We have one public speaker. Wonderful. Um, while, while the Rent Stabilization Commission values your comments, we cannot discuss any items not posted on the agenda. This will be your time to address the commission on general items or items on the agenda. You will have three minutes. And please state your name and city of residence. Hi, Frank Rory, City of West Hollywood. I hope I don't take up three minutes of your time, but I thought this would be the most efficient way of introducing myself. I am the um, newest at-large commissioner designee. Um, and so hopefully, pending my onboarding and um, review process, I'll be joining you in the near future. And I just wanted to introduce myself, say I really look forward to uh, working with you all. And I'll just be observing tonight. And um, yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. That's it. Awesome. We look forward to you joining us at the next meeting, hopefully. Item number seven is the manager's report. Mr. Dollop, Mr. Hollop, do you have a report this evening? Yes, thank you, Chair. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, Commissioners, Jonathan Hollop, Brent Stabilization Manager. Um, first of all, I'd like to uh, welcome Commissioner-Designate uh, Frank Rory to the uh, meeting tonight. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to you joining the Commission on the dais in the near future. Um, tonight, um, you are going to be hearing an appeal um, that's a consolidated, uh, two cases consolidated together. Um, we do have an appeal scheduled for the next meeting and another appeal did come in, so I might move around a little bit, but um, we'll let you know. Um, and uh, given the schedule and the, um, that we have a full commission coming soon, I think uh, it's likely we'll schedule a, a study session sometime in the fall. So we'll get that on the agenda, I mean on the calendar as soon as possible. <clears throat> Uh, still working on getting the uh, most recent data on evictions. I know that uh, the commission was interested in that. Um, I'm having some 
issues with getting the most recent data for the county, and we haven't had an update uh, recently, but as soon as I get that, I'll uh, present uh, that information to you. Um, regarding last uh, meeting's inquiry about a proactive inspection program for rent-stabilized properties, a comprehensive program is being developed by the Neighborhood and Business Safety Division, and I'll have more to report on that as it's rolled out. Last night's annual Congress of Commissions and Advisory Boards was an opportunity to say thank you for your service. Um, and whether you were able to attend or not, we thank you for your service to the city. It's greatly appreciated. And also I'd like to thank Melissa Crowder, our city clerk, and the staff that helped make that event possible. It was a real success. I think everyone enjoyed themselves. I know I did. And I'm available for any questions. Any questions from commissioners? I just had one. Is there a timeline for the rollout of the proactive enforcement program? Uh, there's a RFP that's been issued for um, a third-party code compliance um, company. So that just got posted. Um, so obviously that will take a few weeks to um, find someone and then uh, pick someone and then council approval and. I don't know exactly how long that'll take, but I think it'll be a few months. So maybe end of the year, sort of be looking into 2024? Probably, okay. yeah. All right, thank you. Uh, please keep us updated. Will do. I do have one question. Um, the RFP, is, there, is that still posted online if we want to review it? I haven't seen it myself. I, I've been told it's online. Okay. But I can check during the meeting and let you know. Okay, that'd be meeting. wonderful. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, item number eight is tonight's uh, combined appeals. The two appeals this evening are D4705 and D4792. Uh, Madam Secretary, do we have the representative for the landlord and tenant present? Chair, I'm sorry, did we skip over commissioner comments at some point? Or did I just miss it completely? Oh. Um, we moved them to the end. Yeah, there's not the two, two points, but if you... <laughs> yeah, it's... a. Uh, Item number 12. And do we have the parties present? Yes, the landlord is present online and the, or both tenants are present in person. All right, thank you. All right, for the parties and the public, the ground rules for the hearing tonight is that first we will hear the staff report from our legal counsel, Mr. Natalizio. Then the appellant, here the landlord, will have 10 minutes to speak. Uh, you have 10 minutes because there are two appeals being heard. You can divide your time however you would like. Uh, I would recommend that you divide your first five minutes between presenting your case, letting the tenant for the first appeal, 4705, present their case, and then do your rebuttal. And then the same thing for the appeal for 4792. Uh, once we get to that portion, you can let me know how you want to divide it. Uh, but in any event, the respondents, each, I'm sorry, each tenant will then have five minutes to speak, um, and you can't divide that. It'll just be presenting your case. When it's your turn to speak, please state your name and city of residence. The appellant will state how you would like to divide your time, and then you will proceed with your comments. Uh, since speaking is limited, it's very important to stay on topic and understand that new evidence cannot be considered by the commission. You can only discuss issues that were raised at the hearing or evidence submitted before the hearing uh, was closed. Uh, legal counsel, Mr. Natalizio, can we have the staff report? 
Thank you, Chair, and good evening to Chair, Vice Chair, and Commissioners. Uh, my name is John Adelizio, and I am the Legal Counsel to the Rent Stabilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. Uh, this appeal was filed by the landlord in response to the hearing examiner's decision, um, which in relevant part granted a rent reduction um, relating to issues of a building's exterior painting, an on-site manager, uh, rent drop box, and common area cleaning. Um, this appeal involves two uh, separate cases, as the chair noted, D4705 and D4729. Wendy Tucker filed the application involving D4705, and Paul Pagayo filed the application involving D4729. The cases, uh, while filed and heard separately, were adjudicated under one decision due to the nature of the allegations and properties involved. Uh, the landlord owns both properties that are located at 929 and 935 North uh, Genesee Ave. The properties are adjacent but have separate parcel numbers. Uh, the buildings on each properties are separate freestanding structures. However, they share various common area amenities such as a walkway, pool, laundry room, and parking garage. Um, a decision was issued which granted a rent decrease uh, as follows. Um, the exterior paint for only 929 was $45, an on-site manager for both 929 and 935 of $100. Uh, the rent drop box was also for 929 and 935 was $25, and the common area cleaning for both 929 and 935 was also $15. Um, landlord filed an appeal which claims the decision is clearly in error and not reasonably supported by the findings made or evidence in the record. Uh, due to just the various issues in the case, I'll defer to the staff report um, for analysis regarding each appeal issue, but in summary, staff believes that there is substantial evidence in the record to support the hearing examiner's decision, and staff recommends adopting resolution RSC 23-633. You as the commission have the power to affirm, reverse, modify, or remand the appeal decision of the hearing examiner. The commission reviews the hearing examiner's decision under the substantial evidence standard which requires the commission to make sure there is substantial evidence that reasonably supports the hearing examiner's decision is credible and of solid value. If that decision uh, is found, then the decision must be upheld, even if there's also evidence that could support a different outcome. Uh, the commission does not substitute its judgment for that of the hearing examiner or reweigh the evidence. And as it relates to questions of law, the commission applies an independent or de novo standard of review to the hearing examiner's conclusions of law. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Natalizio. Are there any questions from the commission? Oh, uh, Commissioner Kirby's. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm basing uh, many of my questions on the, the staff report, because um, uh, I'm just now getting an opportunity to read the, um, the, the hearing examiner's decision. But um, can you explain, or go into a little bit more um, detail about the, the comment in the staff report that says the hearing examiner noted there were two prior case decrease cases in which a rent decrease was awarded for the elimination of a resident manager. Can you tell us how that relates to this case and if there was, why we should be considering another one? Um, that's from the actual hearing examiner's decision as to those specific cases. I, I personally did not dive in and, and read those cases, but um, that was just a part of the hearing examiner's notes, or not notes, but part of their decision that um, there has been a history of this being an issue at the properties. So has the, had the rent been re, uh, reinstated? My understanding is that 
um, the rent has been reinstated um, based upon the fact that one of the tenants testified that they were the resident manager throughout portions of their um, tenancy. Um, so my understanding is that yes, the rent has been reinstated both times previously. Okay, and then the, did the, and I will try to look as we're, we're going on, but do you know if the hearing examiner provided much explanation in terms of how they came up with the $25 rent decrease for the, uh, the, 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 the check deposit box not being present? Do you recall that? Yes, I believe um, the hearing examiner did provide guidance as to their thought process on that. As okay. to what specifically they said, I would have to double yeah, check, I'll but I believe it, it's As long in, as I knew that it's in there. I believe there's I'll something look. in there, yes. Okay. And then I think my final question is, can you explain the, uh, this is more of just a uh, procedural, but why the, the length of time from the start to where we are today, why did it take so long for uh, the cases? I understand that there's two cases being combined together, but it just seems like a really long time that this process has gone on. Um, I, I, I don't have a good answer for you other than that's just the time it took for between it being filed and hearings being held and decisions being being issued. I don't have a better answer for you than that. Okay. And why is, and then I guess my final one, sorry, as my final one is why uh, you recommend not uh, allowing for, this is in regards to the retrofitting, you recommend not allowing us, or you recommend that we just accept the status quo or what, the, what is in the hearing examiner's decision. Uh, do we have any information as to whether their retrofitting is done, if, if, if the landlords have um, not tried to move in good faith for that to continue on? Um, the, the only information we have is just from the appeal document itself, which says that final approvals happened in April of this year. Um, other than that, again, I didn't dive into the status of their retrofitting permits or um, the building, but... Um, Thank you. Is that okay. Thanks. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Bass? Yeah, first, uh, Commissioner Kirby's the rent... The hearing examiner's uh, rationale about the rent deposit uh, box is the last paragraph on page 14 of the decision. Uh, but I also, it's not so much a question, but I would like to make a disclosure, and that is uh, that I live within 500 feet of the properties before us tonight on appeal. However, because I am a month-to-month -month renter and based on an FPPC guidance provided during my time on the West Hollywood Planning Commission, I do not have a financial conflict of interest in the decisions for properties near my unit or apartment building. Moreover, because this is a rent determination appeal, there will be no impact on me or the building I live in. So because no conflict exists, I will participate fully in tonight's appeal hearing. Great, thank you. Are there any more questions? Uh, Commissioner Moore? Um, I just have something procedurally as well. The decision was issued on May 18th, 2023, and the, the appeal was filed June 2nd. That's longer than the 10-day period. Don't they, isn't there a 10-day limit? Um, there is a 10-day limit. Just give me a second, I'm just opening up the um, decision.
it's 10 business days and there was a um, holiday that fell during that time period, so it actually kicks out the um, period an extra day. Understood, thank you. Any, any additional questions? Alrighty, and I understand that we do have um, uh, public comments on this item. Yes, there's three public speakers on Zoom. Alrighty, um, you will have three minutes to make your public comments. Uh, before you begin, just state your name and city of residence, and then you may begin your comments. Donna, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and state your name and, and city of residency for the record. Hi, everyone. My name is Donna Kim. I reside at 935 North Genesee Avenue, apartment 9 in West Hollywood. And uh, do I continue with my comments? Yes, go ahead, please. Okay. Um, so reviewing the documentation that was sent beforehand, I realized that my comments or my testimony would just be reiterating what's already been stated. Um, as for example, the rent box, um, you know, being removed, no on-site manager, um, no exterior paint for decades. I've been here, I've been residing here for about 11 years. So um, it's just to confirm those comments. I really don't have any additional um, testimony or comments to give at this time. Could you say your unit number again? I'm sorry? What was your unit number? Number nine. Number nine, okay, thank you. Christine, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and state your name and city of residency and your three minutes will begin. Hi, thank you, sorry, I'm having some trouble hearing, so apologize if you can't hear me as well as you should have. Um, I'm at 99, apartment five. Um, and similar to Donna, most of what I reiterate is similar to what's in the statement. Um, our grub box hasn't been usable since Rico took over. Um, I've been in my apartment now since um, February of 2018. And that was a typical utility up until Rico took over. Also, I, we always had a property manager on site, and I have not heard of another property manager taking over since Rico took over. Um, I'm not really sure what else is necessary to address. I'm sure we'll get into it farther in the meeting. But uh, again, I'm at 99 apartment 5, and I can reiterate everything that's in the report is pretty accurate as far as our end. All right, thank you. Mary, go ahead and unmute yourself, state your name, and city of residency for the record, please. Hi, my name is Mary Sabateran. I live at 935 North Genesee, apartment four. Um, similar to Donna and Christine, I don't think there's too much new to add. Um, the report is pretty synonymous to what my commentary and written statement were as well. I would um, only like to bring attention to specifically the piece about adding a trash can to the garage, um, specifically my spot and the person who parks next to me is constantly covered in like maggots of some sort. And um, all of those bugs are on the, on the floor. We have picture documentation of that. The trash cans are constantly overflowing because there is only one 
trash can, no additional ones have been placed. And uh, me and also the person next to me, we have dogs that go in and out of our cars and homes. And I know other people in our buildings do as well. So I just wanted to bring that up just for our animal safety and our safety as well, that that has not happened. Um, and to the other points that were mentioned, um, the biggest one, like Christine said, we do not have a building manager and things were definitely much smoother when we did have one in place. And I, we have not heard any additional information to that point. So just wanted to confirm Donna and Christine's points and the um, staff report. Okay, thank you. And if there were any new items that you that you said, you may want to reach out to the rent stabilization um, division. Um, but um, we will now move into the speaking portion of the evening. Um, the landlord, I understand, is on Zoom. Can you hear me? Is it Sam Bornstein? Yes. Uh, Sam, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, did you hear the instructions that I gave um, at the beginning about you, you having 10 minutes and being able to divide that time? Yes. Okay, how do you want to divide your time? I would like to divide it five minutes on five minutes. Okay, so that's five minutes for the first appeal and then five minutes for the second appeal? If needed, correct. Okay, got it. Alrighty, so you're... I'm guessing in between those five minutes, it will be the tenant for the for the second appeal, 4729. I'm sorry? So just to make sure I have the order correct, you're gonna speak for five minutes, then the tenant for 4705 will speak for five minutes, then you will speak for five minutes, and then the tenant from 4729 will speak. Correct. Alrighty, uh, your first five minutes uh, begins now. Chair, sorry. Um, since it's one decision, um, I think for this, it, if, if the, I think if the landlord wants to divide um, their time to rebut both, that's fine. Um, but I, w I would think that the landlord only gets 10 total minutes. It sounded like, was he saying 15? Because he's going to do it after both. I just want to make sure that the Processes. Oh, maybe I may say that wrong. So yeah, five minutes for the landlord, hmm. then the tenant, then the landlord, then the tenant. Okay, so he, he doesn't want to rebut the second tenant. Did you want to reserve any rebuttal time or were five minutes to present your case? I'm fine either. I, I would like five minutes and five minutes rebuttal. So, um, you know, we can uh, do five minutes in one case or do two and a half minutes and two and a half minutes and two and a half minutes rebuttal on each one. However, However, the commissioner wants to divide it. I would like five minutes and five minutes. So it's up to you, so you tell us. Okay, so do five minutes and then five minutes rebuttal. Okay, got it. <laughs> You're... So, so then it would, it would be landlord, tenant, tenant, landlord. Just That's what I understand it to be. Is that correct, Sam? Sorry, I don't hear you so well. Landlord, tenant, tenant, landlord, is that what you said? Yes. That's fine. All righty, the floor is yours. You have five minutes. My name is Sam Bornstein, and I reside in Los Angeles, California. Um, firstly, I would like to thank everyone for the time coming out at night. Um, regarding the just the, the dates that have the dates that things took place, so we had a hearing in December 
And we only got the decision in May 18, 2023, which was a five month due time. So I did see that the commissioner and the hearing examiner and the staffing said that they gave the landlord the time from the time of the decision. But since the hearing was only, the decision was only filed on May 18th, we feel that any rent reduction should go into effect um, June 1st, 2023, not prior since landlord was waiting for direction from the city of West Hollywood on what, if we would be required to reinstate different, uh, whether it was the mailbox or whether it was the manager, etc. And we did not get that decision hearing until May 18, 2023. So we feel that nothing should go into effect until June 1st, once we got the confirmation of the hearing, not just when the hearing was heard without a decision was being made. That is number one. Number two is I personally called the rent stabilization um, to try to get a definition on what the responsibilities of a property manager would be since legally the commissioner had agreed that we do not, we're not obligated to have one since each parcel is only 10 units, but it was more of a housing, um, was more of a housing service that was there that was removed, so we would be required, but I tried getting a very definitive confirmation on what the city's requiring the resident manager to do. And when I called, they said there was nothing definitive what he's required to do. Now, I do know that prior to Sicko taking over, the manager was doing some handyman work, which Sicko does outsources all the maintenance, so that it would not be in effect. Um, regarding the online payments, rent is, we have a, we have a online service where tenants can pay for free where the landlord actually pays the online service. The tenants opt to use an ACH. Um, and the tenants have a quarter where they submit their maintenance requests and everything is responded to in a timely manner. So when trying to get clarity on what the manager would be required to do, since we did reach out to some residents to be the manager, and they asked me for a job description, and I was not able to give one due to the city of West Hollywood not telling me what it would be required since it's only a housing, um, it's only a housing service. So I would like that to be revisited if we are required to have one. And if yes, if I can get a definition of what he's required to do so we can try to work on getting a housing, um, housing manager. Regarding the painting of the property, I do appreciate that it was extended until February, 2023. But when we were doing the seismic retrofit, there's been corrections and we only did pass to get final, I believe in the end of April. Um, just to bring the everyone up to date, we did sign the contract with the painter already and they are to begin work. I believe beginning of next week, they're gonna start painting the property. So there was a delay, but it was a delay in finishing the retrofit work that would allow us to start painting. So even if there is a deduction, we would like to have a little bit of an extension till maybe September, October when it's done, and then we can um, take care of, we can have that resolved as well. Um, and regarding the mailbox, I did read the, I did read the, the staffing response. 
that we have to file something with the city of West Hollywood to have that, that the box is there and it could be used if tenants want it, even though we do feel it's not secure, but that is something that we have to do with the commissioner to resolve that. Um, I would like to conclude my five minutes. Okay, thank you. Are there any questions from the commissioners? Alrighty, it is the landlord's turn um, for the appeal for, sorry, the tenant's turn for appeal 4705, and I understand that they are physically present this evening? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, come up to the podium. Okay. I forgot to wear my hearing aids. <laughs> so, one more I, mic over. I beg your pardon? The next mic over. All right, Ms. Tucker, when you're ready, just say your name, uh, city of residence, and you will have five minutes to speak. Okay. My name is Wendy Tucker. I live in West Hollywood, 929 North Genesee. I moved in in 2001, and I'm in apartment number nine, and I'm speaking. Oh, okay. Wendy Tucker, 929 North Genesee, apartment number nine, moved in 2001 and I'm speaking in behalf of the property at 929 North Genesee. And I simply would like to reply to each of the items that the landlord, and I am puzzled by this because my understanding is that Mr. Bornstein is the owner or the manager of the management company, Sitco Properties, but is not the landlord. The landlord, as I understand it, is a man named Steve Fleischman, but that's perhaps another matter altogether. Nevertheless, um, the issue of the exterior paint. Um, nothing has been done on the exterior paint since I moved in, nothing at all. Uh, the resident manager, we had a resident manager consistently when Sitco came and took over the management of the building in July of 2022, they removed the resident manager. Although 929 is 10 units and 935 is also 10 units, an earlier decision by the city of West Hollywood indicated that it was regarded as a common property and entitled to a resident manager. So with a, this a very brief interval, we were without one. It's not so brief, actually. Uh, we need a resident manager on site. Sitco closes early on Fridays. We have no access to any kind of response if anything is needed after they close at 5 o'clock and on the weekends from 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon until they reopen on Monday. A resident manager in the past has been very helpful because they have been available if we needed a plumber at the last minute. Resident manager is also able to fix minor things in the building, unclog toilets, fix faucets that are dripping, things that, are, that they are able to do. We were given one, it was taken away when Sitco assumed the management and it has not been restored. In terms of the rent drop box, we consistently had a rent drop box that was mounted outside uh, an apartment on the second floor of the 929 unit. And we would drop our rent off there every month. It was removed. The box technically is still there. It just can't be used. So we are either have to use the portal that they've provided, which doesn't always work and is confusing for people like me that are elderly and not computer savvy. And there are a number of us. 
Uh, otherwise, we have to go over to their office or mail it in. I have mailed my rent check in a couple of times, and it never arrived. And once I had to go to the bank and stop payment. It's very inconvenient. I think we're entitled to the rent box. And this was something that we were given before. We had it. It was arbitrarily taken away. And then finally, the cleaning. There is really almost no visible, obvious um, proof of any kind of good cleaning. The vestibule that serves the 929 building where I live, there are two entryways. The vestibule where I live has never been cleaned at all. It may have had some sweeping, but prior to Sitco's taking over the management of the building, it was washed every 10 days. The man was there, he was there with his cleaning equipment. I saw him, it was obvious that it had been cleaned up. That has not happened since July of 2022. And it's filthy. And the banisters are dirty and gritty. We should have regular ongoing cleaning so that we don't have to live in these conditions. The garage also, there are maggots, there are rodents, there are vagrants down there who come in and stay there overnight and leave their drugs and their food and their clothing behind. The garbage pails are overflowing. There's very poor maintenance there. So these are the things that I'm asking for and the challenges that I'd like to make. Okay, thank you. Okay. Do we have any questions from the commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Bass? Yes, I, I have a question for you, in, right in front of you. Right in front of oh. you. Hi. Hi. Okay. Uh, my question for you is you said that there has not been a resident manager, okay. but the landlord's appeal says that, we'll, and, and they'll have a chance to respond as of course, yeah. but they say they've hired one as of June 1st. No, that has not happened. We don't know. I don't know of any resident manager. Okay, so no hours posted or notice or nothing. Anything? Okay, no thank notice, you. nothing at all. Thank you. Yeah, Commissioner. Yes, uh, I have a couple questions for you. Sure. Thank you. Um, my questions are related to the on-site manager as well, but I want to go back to uh, when you had an on-site manager. When was that? The last time we had an on-site manager was June of 2022. Okay. And prior, and that is Paul Pagayo. He's here this evening. Okay, so one second. So June of 2022, when was it that you received, it, it makes reference in here that in the past, you've been to a, a, through this hearing process before and you received a reduction for not having a, a, a manager. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? Sure. Um, about five years ago, I wish I had the precise dates, I just don't. It's all right. Okay. A resident manager had always been in place, and R&E management, who I believe was the owner of the building, took one away, and we felt that we needed it, so we appealed to the city after appealing to the landlord, who was not successful. And we had a hearing, and the result of that hearing was that we were entitled to a resident manager, and it was reinstated. And so we had a resident manager at that point, and that continued on until June of 2022. Okay, that answers my question, thank you. Um, and I think the only other, yeah, that was my question. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, thank you. Okay, hold on. You can take your seat, thank you. And the tenant for 4729, um, Mr. Paul Pagayo, uh, please come to the microphone and you'll have five minutes. 
Just state your name and city of residence and you can begin your statement. Okay. My name is Paul Paguio. I'm a tenant at 935 North Genesee, number seven, since June 1998. When I moved into my apartment there, there was an on-site resident manager, Gila. She lived at 935 North Genesee, number six. Subsequently, there have been several on-site resident managers, all residing either at 929 or 935 North Genesee. On two occasions, I was asked to serve as on-site resident manager. The first was from December 2002 through March 2007. And the second time was from January 2018 until 2022. I was last on-site resident manager. Sitco relieved me of my position and no one has since served as an on-site resident manager. There's no posting of who currently is an on-site manager. And for all intents and purposes, 929 and 935 North Genesee has been treated as one property. Um, it has been treated that way. When I signed my lease, for instance, my rent included access to a pool. That pool is on 929 North Genesee. Um, all tenants in 929 and 935 have access to that pool. There's a laundry room on 935 North Genesee. It is locked. All tenants on 935 and 929 have access to that. They have a key to unlock that facility on 935 North Genesee. Parking is shared by tenants on both sides in both buildings. Uh, there are tenants in 935 that are parking in a 929 garage. There are tenants from 929 that are parking in 935 garage. So I don't know how you can differentiate these things as to two separate properties. Are we trespassing or are, how do we remedy conflicts of interest there? They have been treated for all intents and purposes as one property. Um, and that's been by tenants, by management, by contractors, and by the city of West Hollywood. Um, I have submitted lots of documents in this, including photographs, but here's an example of some. April 27, from Norman Jacobson Management Company. April 27, 1999, regarding 929 935 North Genesee. This letter is to advise you that we now have a new manager. His name is Mr. Sean Chantelade. He lives at apartment number six, 935 North Genesee. His phone is such and such. March 27, 2007, from the prior management company, R&E Investment, March 27, 2007. To all tenants of 929-935 North Genesee Avenue, Dear tenants, this is to inform you that as of April 1st, 2007, the building has a new manager. The new manager is Theodore Lauren, and he can be reached at 
such and such. He lived on the 929 property in apartment number four. May 4th, 2010, R&E management to all tenants of 929-935 North Genesee Avenue. Dear tenants, this is to advise you that as of today, the supervisor for this building is Ruben Graydon. He was a tenant at 929 North Genesee. September 28, 2010, from R&E Investment, to all tenants of 929-935, this letter is to inform you as of October 1st, 2010, the building will have a new manager. The new manager is Greg Durbin. He can be reached at his number. He is at 929 North Genesee, apartment number seven. Um, so management has approached these two parcels as one property. Um, we have access to both properties as tenants. Um, as resident manager, I received documents, receipts and such from, that I submitted from different contractors. This one from Fuma Pest, dated August 10th, 2006. The address, service address on it is Genesee Avenue, 2009, two, I'm sorry, 929935. Your time's up. If you want to go ahead and wrap it up. Okay. I have this property uh, application from the city of West Hollywood, notice of rent ad adjustment hearing. It is application number D2688. Mr. Perguia, the five minutes is elapsed, so if you want to just say a few minutes to, to wrap up your comments, a few things okay. to wrap up your comments. Okay, I am wrapping it up. We've had, we've had an on-site manager, we've had a rent box available to us, and We've had these services provided to us and they've been taken away. Thank you. Are you, do we have any, uh, Commissioner Topchin? <clears throat> Thank you, Chair. Uh, sir, very briefly, could you describe the responsibilities of the resident manager uh, during your tenure as a, as, as serving as a manager? I was predominantly liaison between tenants and management. If there are any issues, predominantly a lot of issues happen between tenants and I would help remedy them to the best that I could. I'd inform management of the issues. Um, if there were problems with the building, if there were leaks, if there was um, damage to the building, if there were homeless issues, those sorts of things I would notify them of. If trash was overflowing, I would help to remedy that. I would call the contractors for that, Athens, and uh, have them remedy. On one occasion, I called up and they notified me that there was an account under 935, but it was 929. So again, contractors. Um, in regards to the uh, rental payments, would you accept the checks payments or would you collect the payments dropped in the Dropbox? Uh, both. Placed in the Dropbox? It, it, it's, it's varied some through the years, but basically most tenants would drop them off into the Dropbox. It was at times located on 929 and at times 935 mm -hmm. properties. Uh, and today there's no secure Dropbox. Were your phone number posted somewhere in, on the premises, your telephone number or your name or unit number as a resident manager? 
it, it was posted just in, in notifications on each of the doors. What were the hours of operation for you? I was available anytime. Anytime. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Moore. Thank you so much. Um, just to be clear, you were the resident manager for both 929 and 935. There were not two separate, even though you live at 935. That's correct. Okay. And how has that always been that way for all of the resident managers that have come through? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Kirby's. Just kind of a follow-up to uh, Commissioner um, uh, Top Jin's questions. Did you have posted hours? Uh, I know you worked a lot um, as the resident manager, but did you have posted hours in a public, uh, posted publicly? And do you recall which hours, what hours those were? I know it was a while ago. I don't, I don't recall having posted hours. Okay. Tenants could reach me at any time. I gave them that, that that was something that I, I allowed them to do. Yeah, I understand. If I was, yeah. They could call me, they could leave a message, I would get back to them. Great. Thank you. Okay, uh, thank you. You may take your seat. Mr. Bornstein, you will have how long, um, Madam Secretary? Five minutes and 31 seconds. You have five minutes and 31 seconds for rebuttal. Uh, you may start whenever you're ready. Thank you. Um, I would like to just respond to what the last tenant had just stated, that there was no um, hours posted for the on-site manager. It was more that he was available, which Sitco currently does have a manager that's available between work hours nine to five. Sitco also has an answering service that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week for emergencies that do come up after hours so that they can be addressed properly accordingly and expeditiously. Um, prior management companies did have the manager do some maintenance work, but currently Sitco Properties, like I said earlier, does outsource the maintenance. We would not take the liability of having someone do maintenance work without being licensed and insured. And therefore, even if we were to get a resident manager and we would get clarity on what the requirements would be, there would still not be that handiwork, someone just be available all the time. There would be very specific hours that the city of West Hollywood would define. Um, but we are of the opinion that we do have a manager. We do have an answering service. We have something that's available, you know, 24 7 to take care of the residents' issues. Um, in regarding to the cleaning of the property, we did order some extra trash bins, um, and we do have a cleaning company that is paid monthly to come and clean the property. Whether they power wash every time they come, their form of cleaning, but they're definitely there, I believe it's twice or three times a month, and they're, they're cleaning the property. The wind does blow some stuff onto the property, but the properties are generally very clean, and we are happy for anyone wants to come meet us at the property and check that out you'll see the property's conditions are definitely, um, are definitely clean. Regarding the, um, regarding the, the properties are separate parcels and they are separate APNs. Now prior management companies as a courtesy would allow tenants from one property 
to use the pool at the other property. There is a separate parking structure at each building. So the tenants are 929 are supposed to be parking at 929 and 935 at 935. If there were some arrangements where tenants would swap things out, that was done prior to CITCO, but they are really identified as two separate APNs and they're two separate properties. Managing companies, okay, as a courtesy, tenants can use the same laundry, laundry room, they can use the pool, but they are definitely um, two separate parcels. Um, regarding the on-site manager chasing away homeless people that come onto the property, I would not feel comfortable having that liability. Regardless, we always encourage the tenants when we reach out with these issues to call the police and to reach out to the city of West Hollywood and take the safe, proper safety um, steps, procedures to make sure those are resolved. We do not want someone just approaching a homeless person that is definitely not the way the way that we would like things to be addressed. So to summarize, we do feel that this is clearly two separate APNs and two separate properties. Um, once we get a confirmation, if any of these reductions are going to be granted, it should go into effect after we get the confirmation. While we're in limbo waiting for a decision, we don't feel that the landlord should have a rent reduction before we got that confirmation. And the, we do have a property manager just not living on site. He comes to the property several times a month. He's checking them out, checking the cleaning, he's the liaison between the tenants, making sure that things are being taken care of. And therefore we feel that those things are not warranted or, or granted. Um, I think I am done with my time. Okay, thank you, and just hang on. Let's see if any of the commissioners have a question. Of uh, Commissioner Bass. Yes, yeah, sir, I, I have a question. Your uh, appeal says you have an on-site manager, but did I just hear you say you do not have an on-site manager, which is correct? We do not have an on-site manager. At the time of the appeal, we were working with several tenants to get an on-site manager. We were hoping to have one, but we couldn't give any of the tenants clarity of what their responsibilities were. So it did not end up going to execution because we did not get that clarity. Okay, I appreciate that answer. Thank you. Commissioner Moore. How often um, do you have the cleaning crews come in to clean the common areas? I'm sorry? How often do the common areas get cleaned? I am not sure if it's once a week or it's two to three times a month. I have to check the contract. Okay, thank you. And so during the, the hearing, um, it's not quite clear, but, I, but, I'm, but it looks like it was probably the first hearing that Ms. Tucker testified that there were about 22 years since the last painting of the exterior of the bu building had been done. Um, according to the hearing examiner, the landlord didn't refute that. And so my question to you is, during you know, one or both of the hearings, did you or the other representative you know, ever testify to the last time the building, the exterior of the building had been painted? I don't believe, we did not dispute that. I do not, that as far as we are aware, the building was not painted in many years. But we only took over management very recently. 
Okay, understood. Uh, no further questions. Oh, sorry, uh, hang on, we have one more question, Commissioner. Yeah, Kirby's. I just wanted to clarify, now I'm just talking about the painting, I'm not talking about um, when you believe that the rent decrease should go into effect, I'm just talking about um, when you, is your, is your earthquake um, retrofitting still going on, or has it been completed? We have got, we got our earthquake retrofit finalized in April or in May. What do you mean finalized? I'm talking about the building. Is it, is it ready to, to paint or no? Now it is ready, correct. It was finished, the work was completed and signed off in the end of April, beginning of May. Okay, so end of April, beginning of May is when it was completed and it could be painted. Thank you. Uh, Chair, if I, if I may. Commissioner Topshin. Thank you, Chair. Um, sir, Mr. Bernstein, so I, going back uh, to the discussion about the resident manager, uh, so since now it's clear that there is no on-site manager, um, who, who would be uh, handling any uh, ongoing issues on the premises? So how the tenants will contact the management company? Is there any uh, specific person or um, you know, phone number? How tenants can reach out to the someone um, if there are any issues? That that's a great question. So we currently have a online portal where the tenants can pay their rent online and they can submit their maintenance request. Several tenants email the property manager that we have for several properties their request. We always recommend that the tenants put it on the portal so we get exact description and they upload pictures. Um, tenants that are not comfortable or not so computer savvy, we allow them to call the office and submit a maintenance request to the secretary, and she submits the work order on their behalf, and the work orders are assigned to vendors every single day. So for those who are not computer savvy, so w w would be a phone number uh, for them to reach 24 seven? Um, is there, you know, how, how often the messages will be screened? Uh, what if there is an, uh, like an urgent emergency situation? you know, leaking pipe or anything like that. Right. So how, how responsive so and quick the, the management company is? There is phone numbers for tenants to call. And tenants got these numbers when notices were posted at the property. And I believe it may even be posted on the property, these phone numbers. There's during hours and there's an after hour number. So there's a number from nine to five where we have a, um, a full-time receptionist that takes those phone calls. And then we have an after-hour emergency, which can be reached even during work hours as well. We recommend that they call the office, but they can call the after-hour emergency number seven days a week, 24 hours a day. All right, thank you. And um, but what can, can you say what will be your intention? Are you thinking of uh, restoring on-site manager services or you can, you're kind of your, your intent to live as is? We feel that it's more efficient when we, ha we manage many, many properties and it's more efficient when the work orders are submitted online or when the tenants call on the work orders. Um, we would definitely need a very definitive description from the city of West Hollywood what the manager's responsibilities would be 
so I can then go, if they would require us to, which we don't want to, but if they would require us to, we will, but we need, we need a very definitive description of what the responsibilities are, because I approached three or four tenants and nobody was willing to take on the position without knowing a description. And I called Sidi Basawiyot and they said there's really no description um, for the position. They didn't even know how many hours I would have to allocate them, to pay them. It was very, very undefined. Okay, thank you, sir, for your responses. Thank you, Chair. And so it sounds like um, you're also, there's also no intent to restore the Dropbox uh, for rent for rent payments? So there is a Dropbox there. We are very hesitant due to crime in the area of having a Dropbox that can be broken into or the whole Dropbox can be taken very quickly by someone just walking by it and just pulling it off the wall. It's not very secure in today's day and age. And that's why we have the online payments and they can mail it in and they can come to the office. If the commissioner absolutely requires us, we're gonna put it into effect, but we don't want to have that liability of the of the Dropbox getting uh, stolen or checks going missing, which unfortunately does happen a lot in today's day and age. Understood. And so, just, just to sort of respond to your comment that it, it's not that you know we're requiring it. The the rent stabilization guidelines, the regulations, and the ordinance do require that if a service was present, um, that it can't be you know taken away without the rent reduction. And so it sounds like you know you, you all plan on staying sort of non-compliant regarding the property manager and the Dropbox sort of indefinitely? We do not plan, if the, if the, if the rent stabilization requires us to um, put it back, we will do what they require. Um, we're not going to, we will put it back if that's what the, if that's what the requirement is. I think the discussion here today is if this should be required or not. That's what I understood this conversation. Okay, understood. Any other questions? Okay, uh, thank you. You'll be placed back on mute, but you may remain on the line while the commission deliver, deliberates. Um, are there any questions for staff before we hop into discussions? Right, uh, Commissioner Kirby's. Can, and this is, I want you to confirm this because um, I, 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 I don't want anyone to go into this conversation thinking that someone's doing anything wrong here. There's nothing tonight that the, that the landlord is required to do or was required to do that he's not doing now, right? I mean, he, these, these fines or these, these, sorry, that's a bad word, but I'm especially trying to explain this. These are not penalties for uh, the landlord not doing something. These are a reduction in service and the value is what the tenants get in replace of that service. But no one has done anything wrong on what's here in front of us tonight, right? He's not required under the, under our ordinance to have an to have a on-site manager. He's not required under our ordinance to have a box. He's not required to do any of that. However, because it was a reduction in service, the the tenants are given a value, or there's a value associated with that that they are given, and he then decides whether which one he wants to do. I mean, he never has to do anything. I mean, other than the painting, the painting, I'm sorry, he does have to do that. That's required by our, by our um, uh, ordinances. But other than that, he's nothing wrong, right? Like that he has to comply with. <laughs> sure, l let me, l let me I, I think the general gist of what you're saying is, is true, but I guess let me 
be more kind of big picture here. So the ordinance sets forth the requirements for units that qualify for rent stabilization. And in there consists a number of things that landlords have to do as it relates to maintenance of the property. Um, it defines what a housing service is. And rent reductions are the result of a housing service or um, a required maintenance either being eliminated or substantially reduced and they're not being a um, correlating rent reduction for that service. And so what the rent reduction um, process does is determine whether or not there has been a substantial reduction or an elimination and then awarding the um, rent reduction that should have been provided by the landlord for that loss of service. What the landlord is looking for is something, at least for example, as it relates to the resident manager, is that the city doesn't is not in the position, nor would I advise the commission to dictate the specific terms of what a resident manager should or should not do. That's not your job. Um, that's not within your powers. It is up to the landlord to determine what were those um, services provided by a resident manager at the time of the termination of the service. Um, and those are what need to be restored. The commission doesn't have the facts. They're not the hearing body on this. Um, what the commission can do is determine whether or not um, the resident manager was provided as a housing service, which the hearing examiner found, and whether that was eliminated. As to the specific services, um, that's ultimately going to be something that is gonna, the landlord's going to have to figure out. Um, it sounds like there is a current tenant that has that information. Um, and then once that is reinstated, um, they can file for a compliance determination. But alternatively, the landlord does not have to provide a resident on-site manager, but will just have to continue paying the um, rent reduction. And then presumably at some point, if every tenant leaves that this rent reduction applies for, there will no longer be this housing service. Um, but I think, and just one final thing, there are certain things that are required, like you're saying, the painting, right? So like every seven years a building has to be painted. That doesn't go away. But when you look at what a housing service is, that's based upon a tenancy. Um, so there could be any number of tenants in a building that technically have different housing services depending on when they uh, become a tenant. So housing services, it's, it's a little bit different, but there are certain requirements in the code that will never go away because they are codified requirements um, that the landlord has to provide. And if the landlord doesn't provide it, then the rent reduction just remains in place until that's remedied. Thank you. Commissioner Bass, oh, did you have no, a follow-up? No, 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 Commissioner no. Bass? One of the tenants remarked that the previous hearing uh, determined that the two properties counted as one and therefore a resident manager was required. So use that as the example, and I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. Resident managers are required with unit for buildings with units over a certain number, and if that was a previous determination of a hearing, wouldn't that continue to apply into the future that they've made that decision? Unless they're sold as two units, but they have, or two properties, two different owners, actually separated help me help me figure are you understanding me am i making any sense can you help me with this? i think i understand what you're saying and i, I think the question becomes 
whether or not a hearing examiner is 100% bound by prior decisions. It sounds like in this case, the hearing examiner disagreed with interpreting the code um, and looking at the code when you're looking at the resident manager um, requirement. It relates to whether or not there are 16 units on a parcel. Um, it's clear in this case that there are two separate parcels that prior decisions or even prior um, um, actions by the landlord in considering the properties as one doesn't change, I guess, the fact that the code says what the code says. Um, and so here the hearing examiner said, well, even if it doesn't qualify um, for the 16 units per parcel, like the code says, this actually was a housing service that was afforded, and so this, the rent reduction still applies. You helped me make that clear in my head. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, to continue the uh, questioning that uh, Commissioner Kirby started, um, I guess is it is it correct to say that if the housing services aren't restored um, for the units that it applies to, then the landlord wouldn't be able to take the the annual increase um, as long as they don't have that determination of compliance from the from the rent stabilization division. The, um, the inability to take an annual general adjustment doesn't relate to the failure to um, comply with provisions of the code other than the failure to re-register. And I, as far as I know, these units are re-registered. So that's a separate issue. Um, so um, compliance with these particular requirements would not impact the ability to take the AGA. Now, the AGA would have to be applied to the lower rent. Thank you for the clarification. All right. Uh, does any commissioners want to kick us off in the deliberations this evening? Uh, chair, uh, I may start. Okay. And I think we'd close the, close the hearing or close the record on the hearings um, and then Commissioner Topchin. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> um, my attention caught that specific discussion about the uh, par parcel numbers, uh, I mean, having separate parcel numbers uh, on this um, lot. Uh, it is clear there are two structures, two separate structures with separate parcel numbers. Uh, each structure has 10 units. And, it, and that's the reality. And if, if it, it may not be a common situation for, you know, having you know, one, one lot uh, or on the premises, uh, two different separate parcel numbers, but it is the fact uh, what we have tonight. Uh, there are two structures with two separate parcel numbers and our commission doesn't have authority to change that. We cannot do anything about it. I don't know if anyone can do, but definitely it's not the, uh, the commission doesn't have that authority. To, uh, to, to change that setup, that setting. And um, having said that, in regards to the uh, on-site manager services, so we have, to, we have to treat these two buildings as, as separate. We cannot require, the code does not require the landlord to have an on-site manager because uh, the number of units per parcel is less than 16 
and, and the state law requires also, and our, our municipal code is consistent with the state law, uh, if there are 16 units or more, so then there is a requirement to have an on-site manager. Here, there is no requirement to have on-site manager because there are separate parcels, as I said, each of them have 10 units. And if we read the, uh, the RSO, uh, specifically the section 17.56.010 under maintenance standards, subsection H, there, um, that, that clearly uh, references the, uh, the wording, the parcel on which there are 16 or more dwelling units. So we don't have that, um, uh, that particular scenario in, in our case before us tonight. So therefore, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that the decision uh, that, uh, to, that these are two separate parcels, there's no question about it. It's, this is kind of more for the tenants uh, to understand the, uh, the, the decision uh, on separating these two buildings and not looking into as you know, 16 units or more. Um, in regards to the continuing the on-site manager issue, although there is no requirement or the state under the state law or the municipal code to have an on-site manager, but the fact that they the the, the tenants had on-site manager housing services that. Um, allows for a rent reduction if the services are removed. So we are treating the on-site manager not as a requirement per the code, but as a housing service that was given to the tenants by the landlord, by the previous uh, ownership or the, or the landlord. So therefore, the decision to um, give a rent reduction uh, to both buildings and the affected tenants is correct. And uh, I'm definitely going to support that part. And I believe the amount um, for the rent reduction is also reasonable, considering the uh, current updated uh, guidelines that we have. I mean, the, the examiner had before him or her. So the, the, I would agree with the on-site manager decision here on the rent reduction matter. Um, and and I would like to answer the question that the landlord raised a few times uh, during the testimony. The city is not going to, or the department is not going to um, provide your description, the job description or the description of the duties for the uh, on-site manager if you choose to, um, um, you know, restore the services, the housing services. So that would be up to, that would be up to you to decide what type of duties or responsibilities the on-site manager should have. So the only thing the RSO mentions, again, if there were 16 units or more, that the requirement to uh, post uh, the contact information or post the regular business hours, but this is when the, there is a requirement to have the on-site manager. Here, if you choose to uh, reinstate the on-site manager housing services, so it's going to be up to you what type of um, uh, duties or what type of responsibilities that person will have, uh, but the, 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 those responsibilities have to be consistent with what the tenants had before. Otherwise, that would still be a possible uh, reduction of rent if there is no substantial restoration of the service. So in other words, it's going to be your decision what type of uh, duties you will uh, impose on that manager, uh, on-site manager, if you choose to install the on-site manager. 
Um, in regards to the exterior paint, and I agree with uh, staff's recommendation um, on this matter as well, uh, that should apply to uh, the building number 229 only, and I don't believe there is an, you know, the, the extension would be applicable. Um, the fact is, it's undisputed for 22 years, the building has never been um, uh, painted. Uh, the exterior paint uh, is the same for, a lot of, for over 20 years. Um, and, and the fact that there is a um, seismic retrofit, I, you know, the staff's recommendation is clear, so there, there is no need for the extension. Um, and I would agree with the recommendation on this matter. As for the rent drop box, so clearly it is undisputed. The drop box was there. Again, that's a housing service that was provided to the tenants. And not everyone is computer savvy, as you mentioned. Not everyone can make uh, payments on, online. Not everyone, um, due to many reasons, uh, can, can drive or go to the office and pay in person. So, uh, and there's no on-site manager to, to um, pay the rent to on-site managers. So it seems like, you know, Dropbox was a service, an important service for these tenants. So therefore, uh, a rent reduction sh should be given if the service is no longer there. Um, and uh, it's a convenience, it's a comfort issue, and it's also a necessity um, to have that Dropbox uh, um, on, this, uh, on the premises. Uh, the common area cleaning, I'm not going to be um, really discussing a lot about it because if there was the examiner's uh, um, finding that the rent reduction should be granted, I was not there. I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to um, dispute the the decision of the examiner because I don't know what, what the examiner looked into specifically and what you know the testimony is uh, the examiner received. Um, that's the decision of the examiner, and I don't have any reason why I have to change it. So I think it's consistent. The record evidence shows that the decision of the examiner was correct uh, in this regard. And um, kind of a, a, in conclusion, I just want to say that the and uh, Commissioner Kerpis brought this up, and uh, the legal counsel explained a rent reduction uh, is not a penalty. It's not a fee. Uh, it's not a I mean, we're not penalizing the landlord, I mean, by, by imposing these rent reductions. This is basically a, a compensation for the service that was lost. The service was there, and the service was included in the rent that the tenant paid. So now, if the tenant doesn't have that service anymore, the rent cannot be the same. It's a very simple logic behind the rent reduction um, um, uh, you know, uh, requirement. And if the, service are, if the service is no longer available to the tenant, the rent cannot remain the same. The rent should be lower, and that's what the examiner decides. The examiner decides how much, if the rent should be reduced and how much, by how much it should be reduced. And I think here um, the examiner's findings are correct, and I would agree with the amounts. And, and the lastly, I just want to say that um, when there is a decision on a rent reduction, the the owner of the property, the landlord, doesn't have to comply. You don't have to, uh, uh, you know, restore the service. But that, in that case, the rent reduction will become permanent. And if you choose to restore the service, then the, you have to file a request for compliance determination, and the rent will be restored. So um, it's a very simple um, uh, scenario. 
So having said that, I would um, support the staff's recommendation. Thank you very much, Chair. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Topchin. Um, Commissioner Martz. Thank you, Chair. Um, I will try to be brief. This is a big, long, messy one, but um, I think there are some main points. As to when this goes into effect, our rent stabilization regulation 60038 is clear. It dictates when the effective date is established. We don't get to pick and choose when that happens. I think the staff's recommendation is correct. The hearing examiner is correct. Um, I know this is a new management company, so you don't have the fault of the prior management company. However, when you step in as the new management company, you own the good, the bad, and the ugly. So this one of the two properties has not been painted in 22 years. That is particularly egregious to me. Um, for the hearing examiner to postpone the date of enforcement on that, that's a discretionary decision, it's not mandatory. I think the hearing examiner gave an appropriate amount of time for the postponement. I would not be um, in favor of a further extension of time um, once it's finished, do a compliance determination, and if it's done appropriately, then like Commissioner Topshian said, the rent may be just restored. That's not our decision, that's for code compliance, but that's how the process works. Um, as to the resident manager and the Dropbox for the, the rents, um, there was a credible statement from one of the tenants here about the issues that come about from not having the resident manager on site and not being able to use the Dropbox. There's issues with age, there's issues with technology. Um, to me, having a distant phone number for the office is not equivalent at all to a resident manager. It was a housing service. Mr. Paguglio testified to the various things that he did. Um, I know where I live, if there, I don't have one, if it's a lot easier to go down and knock, especially if you have a relationship, to say, hey, this is broken. Um, you know, leaving a voicemail for whoever, it's not the same. I don't think that that is equivalent to being a resident manager, so I would support that. Um, there was, this is a little bit outside of tonight, but there was a discussion about the crisscross of the properties and be able to use the other side's properties. Um, landlord's representative testified that those are courtesies that you can use. Um, no, those are housing services. If they're provided to um, a tenant, and you take them away, that's what brings us to. So they're not a courtesy, they're, they're part of the tenant's contracts. Um, as to the question, I know the landlord's representative talked about this um, several times, and I understand the difficulty of, of not having a definition of what a, a resident manager is and what they do. Like has been discussed, that's not our place to say what that is. This is a housing service. Um, there is someone that did that before. That's also a compliance determination. So if you bring a resident manager back, you give them XYZ duties, the compliance determination will determine whether that is an appropriate level of services to match what was there or not. Um, legal counsel of your own may be the best bet for that. There's a lot of attorneys out there that can walk you through this. Um, so I think staff's recommendation is correct. I, hear, I think the hearing examiner was correct. There's enough evidence in the record, substantial evidence to uphold that decision, and that's what I would vote for tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Bass. Yeah, it is complicated, so I, I have a few comments, uh, but in general, uh, I, I agree with my colleagues who've already, who've already spoken. Um, 
Yeah, the, the issue, I'm, I'm going to go right through what the, how they are listed in the resolution that the staff has prepared for us. Uh, when this takes effect, that's a matter of law. We have no discretion on that. Uh, so if, if the landlord has a problem with the way that, uh, that that is determined, that's an issue of changing the law with the city council, not one for us to consider tonight. And that's what the exception of the leniency that the hearing examiner has and that we have on considering earthquake retrofit for the painting. Uh, but I, we don't substitute our judgment for the hearing examiner, and, and, and that's good because I wouldn't have given any leniency uh, for an earthquake retrofit when the building hasn't been uh, painted in 20 years. But that's neither here nor there because the hearing examiner gave that discretion, and, uh, and I believe that's fine. I'm also uh, not persuaded that we should uh, extend that in that the earthquake retrofit by testimony tonight was completed at the end of April, and the building still hasn't been painted, and we're at the end of August. So uh, I, I don't know why it's just not been painted. The law is very clear on this, uh, and it's available on the city's website, so uh, it has to be painted every seven years. Uh, so the arguments about, we were waiting for, going back to number one, we were waiting for the hearing examiner's decision. Uh, you know, the law says you paint the exterior of the building every seven years, and that's available, and that doesn't change based on the hearing examiner's decision. When it comes to the on-site manager, uh, I'm, I'm disturbed, I, I get, I get, frankly offended when I, when I feel like uh, we're being told two different things. And so I'll point out that the appeal to this Rent Stabilization Commission, which was signed on June 2nd, says as of June 1st, we have an appointed and on-site manager for all maintenance. So if it's signed on June 2nd saying that a manager was hired on June 1st, but we're told tonight that there was no manager, I, I just find that uh, frankly offensive to, to be told two different things. To, it seems untrue. So I, I will just point that out because uh, uh, having somebody off-site is a choice that can be made, but, but um, I don't like to be told that they're on-site and then they're not. Uh, the Dropbox, easy solution, get a more secure box. Uh, if if it, it's required, the hearing examiner decided it was a hearing, it was a housing service, and if the concern is the safety, uh, I would imagine with a couple months of this rent reduction, you could probably buy and install a very secure box and then everybody would be happy and it would be resolved and the rent reduction could be removed through a compliance determination. Um, same thing with the cleaning. I, I heard all about the power washing and, and the trash and the, the rodents and the maggots and all that and the answer in the appeal was that some trash cans have been added. That doesn't seem to address the issue but if the landlord believes that it solves the issue, they can file for a compliance determination. That's not an issue to be determined on appeal. And the last item in the resolution was what units are included. That's something staff can help with. That's not something we decide on appeal. So uh, for the most part, I, I think most of the items that were brought to us tonight were not an ap appealable items. And for those that were, uh, I, I think that there are solutions. And I know the city offers med uh, mediation uh, to resolve some of these issues and compliance determination hearings that uh, can determine all of this and residents at the building as well as a landlord can have input on that. And I, I know there's a solution here uh, for all of this, but at the end of the day, the hearing examiners gathered evidence, made a decision, and, and I think that it's on solid ground. And so I support staff's recommendation in full. Thank you, Commissioner Bass. Commissioner Kirpies. I do have one question for staff because I just want to make clarify, did the, I thought I read in your staff report that the hearing exam, or the hearing examiner did extend the date at which the, um, the paint would be 
So he did extend it one time. He used his discretion and paint. And Correct. I believe it was extended from right. October until February. Yeah, that's what I understood. Okay, thank you. And I will start out my comments by first of all thanking both parties. Um, I think we're more, we're more worked up about this case and angry <laughs> about it than um, the two of you have treated each other or the two parties have treated each other. Um, I want to say as I was reading through the packet, um, uh, I was impressed by the cordiality of, um, I mean, we mostly saw from the tenant to the landlord. There wasn't a lot of response from the landlord, but so I appreciate that in, um, in how calm you were in your you were persistent, which you should be, but you were, you were polite and um, courteous the entire time. I also want to say the same thing about the landlord tonight. I think that your comments tonight were, uh, you, it sounds like you're trying to comply. It sounds like there's some confusion over what is required of you and what isn't. Um, hopefully through the conversation tonight, you understand now much better. Um, so I agree with everything. Uh, I agree with the decision that the hearing examiner did. I think the hearing examiner did a very good job uh, through several issues, um, uh, determined uh, the correct way. I'll be supporting the hearing examiner. However, um, I would ask my colleagues to think about um, the hearing examiner actually did determine um, that there was, let me point out first of all, that this company did not own the building for 22 years and just sat there and didn't let it get painted. They took over the property in 2002, July 2000, or 2022, July 2022, and they were, at the time of this hearing, they were under earthquake retrofitting. So they immediately got a retrofitting contract and started to get the work done. And they thought the work was going to be done in April. I don't understand the April versus the February date, but whatever. It ended up being April um, or, end of, or end of April, early May, when it... Uh, when it was ready to be painted. So I don't know why the hearing examiner made the decision they did at that time, but he, he believed that that was a legitimate reason. And there's nothing for us to believe that there was, that, that stuff was not still going on. There was no, um, there's no reason for us to think that there was any bad faith of the, the retrofitting. So I don't know why we wouldn't extend that or even at least consider extending that to the April 1st date. Um, for the, for just for the, the paint. Um, and then I, like I said, I do agree with the hearing examiner on all other aspects. I thought there was one other point. I do think that, um, and I'm definitely not implying that any of the tenants uh, are doing this or would do this because I think it's a very valid reason not to accept a job from a, as, as a, as a um, resident manager if you don't know what the responsibilities are. I think that's a very good way to think about it. But if you do the math, this, this landlord, if he wants to comply, will have to hire one of the individuals that currently lives in the building that will take a $1,200, uh, which will cost their neighbors $1,200 a year. <laughs> so I wouldn't want to be that neighbor to accept that job, and I wouldn't want to be the landlord having to try to find somebody to accept, to accept that job because it puts everyone in a very odd situation. Um, so that's just, again, I'm not implying that the, that the tenants would do that. I just thought the math was interesting, um, the, way the, the way the decision is written. And other than that, I'm ready to support the, the resolution, but would prefer if we talked about the date. Commissioner Kirpies, to answer your question, my understanding of the record for why the hearing examiner chose to postpone it till February was that there was testimony as well as there was a letter that was submitted to the tenants by the landlord 
which stated that they anticipated the seismic retrofitting was going to be completed by February. Yes. Correct. Commissioner Moore. Thank you. Uh, I will also support the hearing examiner's decision tonight. Um, for me, this is um, pretty um, a simple decision. I see this as a removal of housing services, all four of them. Um, yes, I did take a look at the two, looking at the property as two different properties and you know having 16 units, but at the end of the day, um, the tenants were used to these four um, pieces listed here, exterior paint, on-site manager, rent drop box, common area cleaning, and um, I do believe that they have been uh, removed from them. So at the, regardless of a lot of the other things that we've discussed tonight, um, I think it's pretty simple when we look at um, the definition of housing services and what was afforded to them when they signed their leases and moved in. Oh, thank you. Um, I have a question for legal counsel. Uh, on page 19 of the hearing officer's decision, um, paragraph eight under findings of fact, the, the last sentence says, if the exterior painting is not completed, then the tenants are allowed to take the reduction for the exterior painting as of the date of any other reduction granted in this decision. Uh, my question is, is the hearing officer essentially saying if it's not done by that deadline, then it potentially could be retroed back to the other decision effective dates? Uh, sorry, Chair, can you point to the page? I, I... It is page 19 of the decision that we were uh, emailed. It's under findings of fact, paragraph 8. Oh, sorry, paragraph 8. I was... So yeah, paragraph 19, sorry. And it's the last sentence of that two-sentence paragraph. I see what you're saying. Um, yes, at least with how the code is written, if the postponement happens, it should be from the date of the postponement, not for example, if the hearing examiner granted the, the postponement from October to February, then even if it's not done, it should be the February date. It shouldn't go back to, to the, the original date. So um, if that's what the hearing examiner wrote, I don't think that that's a, a correct interpretation of the code. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we, we need to. I just wanted to just have an understanding of sort of what that said and then also for the parties to know that there was a reasonable time period granted by the uh, hearing examiner um, and that it appears we had the ability to go backwards, but I don't think based on the reasoning and based on the evidence that was before the hearing examiner, it's, it's warranted. And I also don't think that an extension uh, is warranted. I think my colleagues have done a tremendous job of going through each of the reasons um, that the hearing examiner sort of arrived there and, you know, stating that it was supported, which I also believe. Uh, so based on that, uh, I will ask the commission, is there a motion uh, to put forward regarding these appeals? Yes, I will make a motion to adopt 
Resolution RSC number 23-633. This is a resolution of the Rent Stabilization Commission of the City of West Hollywood affirming the hearing examiner's decision as to applications number D-4705 and D-4729. Okay, is there a second? I'll second the motion. Yeah, Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Commissioner Bath? Yes. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. And the resolution passes. Um, if the parties have any questions about the decision this evening, uh, they can reach out to the Rent Stabilization Division. The phone number is 323-848-6450. The city does an amazing job of having all of the contact information via emails um, and, and names of who to ask what. And so I'd also recommend going to weho.org uh, if, if you have additional questions. Uh, does the commission need a five-minute break before we go to new items and new business? All righty, so the, uh, we are taking a five-minute recess. We'll be back at 8.38.
8.39, and we are back in session for the Rent Stabilization Commission. Uh, we are now on item, I'm so sorry, uh, Commissioner Topshin. I threatened Commissioner Moore that I'd start without her in the rest, while she was in the restroom, and I didn't even realize it. My apologies. <laughs> uh, we are on item number nine, new business. Um, 9A is the announcement of the interest rate on security deposits held during the calendar year. Um, Mr. Holub, uh, do you have a presentation on this item? I do not, but my colleague, Esmin Spateri, does. All right, please proceed. Good evening. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, and Commissioners. I'm Yasmin Spateri. I'm one of the Information Coordinators with the Rent Stabilization Division, and I'm here for my annual appearance to share about the Security Deposit Interest Rate. Um, so every year, the Commission announces the interest rate to be paid uh, for security deposits that are held by landlords during that calendar year. Section 17.32.020 of the West Hollywood Municipal Code requires interest to be paid on an annual basis, and the interest rate is announced before September 1st of the subject year. The calculated interest is either paid to tenants directly or offered as a one-time rent reduction before February of the following year, or by January 31st. Beginning with calendar year 2022, the rate is calculated by averaging the interest rates for savings accounts of five online FDIC-insured banks and rounded to the nearest tenth of 1% as listed on bankrate.com or a similar consumer financial services company in August of each year. This year, the rates were pulled on August 15th. The banks chosen for this calculation are those that, again, are FDIC insured, that have savings accounts with the highest annual percentage yield, and that require no more than a $500 minimum deposit. The banks and rates used to determine the 2023 interest rate for security deposits were Popular Direct, with a savings account earning 5.15% annual percentage yield, or APY, Tab Bank, with a savings account earning 5.02% APY, Salem 5 Direct, with a savings account earning 5.01% APY, Valley Direct with a savings account earning 5.00% APY, and Dollar Savings Direct with a savings account earning 5.00% APY. Using those numbers, the average rate is 5.036%, 
which rounded to the nearest tenth of 1%, results in a rate of 5% for security deposits held during calendar year 2023. And that wraps it up. So with that, I'll open it up to questions from the commission. Thank you. Commissioners? Commissioner Marks? Just one quick question. Um, in your notes here, it was amended, this was amended by the rent stabilization commission and then approved by city council. I can't remember what we changed in this. Does anyone from staff remember what changed from prior to this new regulation? Yes. Pop quiz. <laughs> one second. <laughs> no Not problem. off the top of my head, but I have it in my notes. It was banks in the city that were stationed in the city and they had to have four walls, basically. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is we went to online or brick and mortar. Yes, we went from brick and mortar within the city limit banks to online and then we changed the percentage rounding. So we went from rounding from a quarter uh, to a tenth of a percent. Perfect, thank you. Commissioner Thompson. Yes, uh, just, a, just a quick one. Uh, Yasmin, so if, uh, or maybe staff from legal counsel or you, um, the landlords, I, you know, I hear a lot of um, questions from the tenants. Um, all the questions were like, we're not getting those security deposits back. I mean, re returns on the security deposits. Tenants typically, for those buildings, they don't receive that. So would we be the, uh, appropriate action or step by the tenant uh, to request and how that would be handled. Um, so if the landlord does not either return directly the amount owed or uh, offer a rent reduction by January 31st, then the tenants can deduct it from their rent. And we provide a form to residents and landlords to do the calculation that includes uh, a couple of options to fill in how the tenant will be receiving payment. So if it's the landlord filling out the form, they can say, I'll be reducing it by this amount based on this calculation. And if it's the tenant filling out the form, they'll say, I'll be deducting From by X amount. It, and if it was not done for, let's say, a uh, number of years, can the tenant do it retroactively, apply um, you know, a number of years going back, and if yes, how many years if there's a statute of limitation on that? I'll I'd defer to Jonathan on oh, this yeah. one. I'd be wary <laughs> of giving a definitive answer um, because I would think that the for recovery of something that's owed like this, the tenant would probably need to go to small claims court. I see. And I don't know exactly off the top of my head what the statute of limitations is. We can look into that. Um, if it's an issue you're hearing about, uh, please send uh, tenants our way so we can address it directly with the landlord. The better solution is just to uh, educate landlords and have them comply with the law. So basically we're saying that this today's announcement uh, of the uh, 5%, if it's not, um, Returned by January 31st of next year, the tenants can deduct, but for this year, for this time only, for, for this year. Anything that's, retroactive yeah. would be a possible yeah. civil matter. Yeah, I think that that's, that's what a tenant should do at this point. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Thank you both. 
I would like to follow up on that if, if I can. Uh, and that is, I, I'm aware of a real situation here where uh, the tenant that I spoke to has not had the annual adjustment made on their rent since 2018. Um, the landlords failed to do that. And so in conversation last year, before I joined this commission, they said, yeah, I could get my $25 or whatever that number was, but if I do that, it might remind them that they can actually raise my rent, and in one month, I will lose that amount of money. So they've made the decision not to. So uh, I guess, I mean, that would be the realistic situation is they just chose not to ask for it because they're saving money the other way and they don't want to alert the landlord. So if we, how do we do outreach to the landlords about this requirement, I guess is where I'm going with this. Uh, does the city reach out and say, hey, you owe this to folks? Yeah, actually, we we put this in our winter newsletter, is that right? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yasmin's in charge of all of it. I'm sorry if I directed that question the wrong way. I'm <laughs> used to looking that's this okay. way, forgive me. Yes, so we, we have a summer and a winter newsletter, and the winter newsletter includes the security deposit information to prepare them for meeting the January 31st deadline. And then it's also available on the website and and we talk to them about it when they come and discuss this type of issue. Um, is there a requirement for the landlord to notify the tenants of the option to either take the um, reduction or to take the payout? Or I guess not the payout, but the uh, the interest that's accumulated, accrued. I'm not aware of a requirement, Jonathan. Well, the law requires that they supply this re, uh, this ref, um, interest, so they they should be doing it every every year. Um, again, if if it's not happening, we should we should know about it. If it's chronic, then we have ways of addressing that. Got it. And then if the um, like the, the deduction isn't done by January 31, um, is there a deadline then for the tenant to reduce their rent? Like, does it have to be the following month, so February, or could they choose to do it and say November? They're like, a, you know, maybe they remember then or find out about it. Uh, can they do it then, or is there are there is there are they time barred by by a certain date? It states February or any subsequent months, so I think it's it's open that any subsequent months, as long as it's within the next calendar year. Okay, and then besides the winter newsletter, is there any other um, sort of notification to, I guess, to tenants or to landlords uh, about, uh, about the percentage, et cetera? We do mention it in our educational forums. Um, so we used to do building blocks presentations. Now we do um, monthly educational forums and, and we cover the topic there. Okay, awesome. Uh, thank you. Are there any additional questions of Commissioner, Vice Chair Moore? Thank you so much for your presentation. Um, is, is this applicable to all rent-stabilized units in the city, or is it only for landlords who hold the security deposits in a certain kind of account? It's for all uh, rent stabilization. Or rent stabilized, rent -stabilized units. units. Yes. Okay. Commissioner Kirby. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to comment. Uh, I actually had this exact same experience last year. So first of all, in, in reference to how many years back, luckily right now we've only had it for one year because it's been zero for like the previous seven years. So um, I guess you know they could have lost money way back when, but. Uh, 
they're only losing last year's, and really I think there's still time to get last year's, so hopefully people will, will do that. And second, yeah, when I didn't hear from my landlord um, uh, this last year, uh, when I moved in years and years and years ago, I paid two months' rent, for, so I have a, like a two-something thousand-dollar deposit. Um, and so I didn't hear anything, and so I think February came around, and I checked, and I said, oh, they said, yeah, go ahead and take it off. And so I sent them that little form um, in March, and I think that was coincided with them being able to increase the rents again. And I literally put $42 and something cents down as what my interest would be. And I got that same day in the email, he said, thank you. And I got home at night at work or from work, and there was a notice on my door of a rental increase in 30 days going up $42 and some odd cents. So I do believe that, that just, it does jog their memory about the increase. I wasn't I did not talking plan about that your well. Yes. <laughs> um, but through, do, through that experience, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I've been a rent commissioner, rent stabilization commissioner for uh, quite a few years. I've been, I feel like I'm pretty confident in, in the way I handle myself around the city and like the way I deal with city government. Um, but my landlord, I was nervous about giving him that form. Um, and I had never heard anything from them, and I have not had any of my friends tell me that they got a random check in the mail or a reduction in rent. So I think that there are definitely things that the city should be doing to um, advertise this, especially since it's been so long since we've allowed for it, or not we allowed for it, but just the, the percentages didn't work out right. Um, and I think that one of the things, and I don't know if our system currently holds this information, but now that we've got the whole rent registry database set up, but maybe we can put more information into the rent stabilization portion of it so that we know their deposits. And each year, a little reminder goes out to those that would get something. Or, or we mention it to people as they come in to ask questions about their, their tenants or about their, um, their units. Um, same as what uh, many people don't even know about rent uh, reduction hearings. They might not know about this either. Um, so those are the things I would just, I, I think the form does n is not very tenant friendly because it, it does very much, it kind of in, it kind of hints that the tenant can fill it out and send it in, but it doesn't quite, it's more focused towards the landlord. Um, so I would suggest maybe taking a look at that form. But otherwise, thank you for your report. Commissioner Bass. Yeah, I, I, I would very much love to see the city reach out to the tenant or to the landlords for rent stabilized units and just let them know that, we, that they have to do this outside of the, the uh, newsletter in that I know, at least from a tenant perspective, almost all of them are in the garbage when I pull mine out. I think I'm the only one in my building who actually reads those. Um, so I, I, I imagine it's similar at the, when these arrive at the landlord's mailing addresses. And I, I would love to see a specific uh, notification to landlords that now that interest rates, like Commissioner Kirby said, for about seven years there, there was zero. I would love to see that we say, hey, it, it actually is a thing. Um, and, and I don't know how we do that and if it's budgeted, if it's something we can do, if we have those contacts, I'm perhaps speaking out of turn, but I'd love to see something like that. Is there a way we can just do like a infographic for social media and the city just puts it on their social media accounts as saying this is a percentage if it's space enough to sort of show the calculations or if not, just pointing them back to the city's website, but saying, hey, you can get 5% back, I think would be sort of a simple, easy solve. Is that something that can sort of be done uh, for, the, for the rollout of this? 
or the effect. Do that. We've done it before for other topics, so we can look into it. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. And then can we, um, either you or just send word back through one of our staff members, just sort of where that is at our next meeting? Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. You'll, you'll be back. Okay. <laughs> In spirit. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Oh, are there any more questions before we move on to item 9B? All right. Perfect. The announcement of the 2023-2024 annual adjustment to the evaluation guidelines. Uh, the Rent Stabilization Commission will announce the annual adjustment, adjustment to the valuation guidelines set forth in the Rent Stabilization Regulation 60041.1, effective September 1, 2023. And are you doing the second presentation this evening? No. Chair, just sorry, before we um, move on for 9A, um, although there's no action item, um, just checking for public comment. Thank you. Uh, are there any public comments? Madam Secretary? No public comments at this time. Okay, thank you so much. And thank you for the reminder. And may, may I ask, uh, do we need a formal announcement? No? All right, thank you. This isn't even a receive and file item, a motion to receive and file or anything? You, you don't need to do a motion for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just make the announcements. <laughs> um, is there a presentation on um, item 9B? Yes, thank you, Chair. Thank um, you. So for those of you who were uh, on the commission in March 2021, you recall the ad hoc committee that reviewed the valuation guidelines and regulations associated with determining rent decreases. Uh, in fact, Commissioner Topshin was a member of that committee. Based on the committee's recommendations, the commission approved changes to the regulations, which included increasing the valuation guideline amounts and integrating them for the first time into the rent stabilization regulations at Regulation 60041.1. Those amendments were approved by the City Council on February 7th, 2022. In addition to increasing the valuation guidelines, Regulation 60041.1 dictates that effective September 1 of each year, beginning 2023 this year, the valuation guidelines shall be increased by the annual general adjustment announced by the Commission for the period from September 1 through August 31st and rounded to the nearest whole dollar amount. As you are aware, the annual general adjustment for the period September 1, 2023 through August 31st, 2024 is 2.5%. The staff report included with tonight's agenda fulfills the Commission's obligation to announce the annual increase to the valuation guidelines. The increase to the valuation guidelines is reflected in Attachment A to the staff report and will be integrated into the rent stabilization regulations on September 1st, 2023. Of note, uh, certain lower-end valuations did not increase as the regulation calls for rounding to the nearest whole dollar amount. Although not substantively impacting the valuations at this time, staff plans on returning with an item in the near future to ensure at least some minimal increase occurs on an annual basis. For now, however, the amounts set forth in Attachment A are consistent with the Commission's previously enacted goal of bringing the guidelines into line with other similarly situated jurisdictions and to ensure that they keep up with the increases in rents and housing service values. I'm available for any questions. Yes, um, do you have an approximate time frame on when that might go to council to update the minimal increases? Well, I, I would have it before you and then, then it would be before council before the next increase would occur. Okay, great. I, I would support that, I, I think we see the great work that our ad hoc committee did and then also the limitations that are there. So I would potentially be supportive of that. So thank you. Commissioner Kirpies. 
What is it that you're doing with the, the incremental amounts or? or? Well, right now, be, well, the, you'll notice on the low end, some of the numbers mm -hmm, didn't increase. Mm -hmm. And it'll never happen, particularly based on the fact that subsequent to enacting this, the cap on the AJA is 3%. Um, I think even with some numbers if, on the old cap of 7%, the numbers would never go up if you're rounding to the nearest whole dollar. Yeah, I, I thought you guys were like keeping another record separately, like, oh, it was $5.10 this year, and I thought there was like real numbers somewhere else be. Behind I'm this. not hiding anymore. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, I, I was confused then when we passed it. I, I thought that eventually they would come back in front of us like every three or four years or whenever it yeah. hit a dollar. They'll come annually cents. and like I mentioned to Commissioner Martz, um, you know, right now, you know, this this is a tweak. I mean, the I, I believe substantively the intent of the commission is being fulfilled right now. So, mm -hmm. but um, sometime within the next 12 months, um, I'll, staff will be bringing a proposed resolution so that at least there's some incremental increase in those numbers that are on the lower end, regardless of what the AGA is every year. That answered my question. Are there any other questions? All right. Uh, well, thank you. Um, it has been announced. <laughs> We've fulfilled our duty. Um, I, uh, number 10, items from staff. Sorry, Chair's public comment real quick for that person. And public comment. <laughs> Is there any uh, public commenters? No public comments at this time. <laughs> uh, thank you for the reminder. Uh, items from staff. Um, I was asked earlier in the meeting about the RFP for the um, uh, comprehensive, uh, proactive code compliance inspection program. So it is posted. Um, I, I sent you, Calamart's, uh one uh, version. Um, and uh, if anyone else wants it, just let me know. It's also on the website if you just, okay. I'll make sure you get one and uh, I'll just send it out tomorrow. How about that? <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, any public comments? No public comments at this time. Wonderful. Items from commissioners. I know that Commissioner uh, Kirby's had, had a few things to say. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, say that I really would like the numbers for our evictions soon. I mean, we just had a report from the city of LA talking about how many eviction notices um, or evictions have been filed in the county and the city. Um, and uh, I, I believe, and I, I don't, don't quote me on this exact number, but I believe it's the highest it's been in six years. Um, so I, I think it's important that we know what our, um, the filing rate is here in the city. And um, we know that Betzedek is, uh, or we at least have an idea of whether Betzedek is able to provide the services necessary. Um, I know that Human Services is really the ones that would be overseeing that contract probably, but I think it's important for us to, to know that um, our uh, laws that affect tenants, um, whether it's just the uh, rent stabilized, stabilized units or rent stabilized and all, um, does fall into purview of this, uh, or at least should fall into the purview of this commission and, and, and our, uh, in our interest and um, paying attention to that stuff. So whatever you can do, if we can get those numbers, that'd be great. Um, and then I also wanted to, I was the one who approved the agenda, or a motion to approve the agenda, and I didn't even, I was so surprised when I was like, wait, I, I want to talk, I want to talk. Um, I thought I was, I thought I completely for, like, just 
breezed over public comment, but I guess there is no, or the commissioner comment, I guess there is no commission comment at the beginning of meetings anymore? That was a clerk, uh, that, you know, council changed it, so it changed across the board. So all agendas now have it at the... So council end. changed it for the entire city or they changed it for themselves and the clerk did this? It's for the, it's, it's across the board. Yeah. I want to say it was in the bylaws and the clerk provided clarification to the commission secretaries and liaisons, but the city clerk reviewed our agenda bylaws. and they confirmed that we had to remove it from having two to just having one at the end. And then how do we, uh, we're allowed to uh, recommend changes to our bylaws, but the council has to approve them, right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so dramatic. Uh, Commissioner Moore, do you have, uh, Vice Chair Moore, do you have anything? Um, I just wanted to say a thank you to city staff for last night. Um, it was such a real, it was a really nice um, event to be with all of our colleagues across the city. Um, and I also wanted to thank everyone for tonight. And I learned a lot about security deposits. So thank you. Already, thank you, Vice Chair Moore. Uh, Commissioner Topchin. Oh, uh, thank you. Just want to thank staff, uh, Yasmin left, but uh, for a wonderful presentation, and thank you, Jonathan, also um, the uh, your presentation on the uh, annual adjustment evaluation guidelines. I think this is great, and also want to thank staff for last night, um, uh, Commissioner Congress. I think it was fun. It was well organized. Uh, I think everybody was there, right? <laughs> and, and I heard the food was great. <laughs> Commissioner Mart um, was wonderful um, gathering. Uh, finally, it was like years ago since the last time we had that uh, Congress, and it was great to see so many new faces, new commissioners, advisory board members, and uh, new council people. And it was great to to meet everyone, and it was uh, very well organized. And thank you. Um, the city staff for uh, putting together that wonderful uh, gathering. Thank you. Commissioner Martz? Yes, just a few things. Um, I just want to put on the record, out of abundance of caution, one of the tenants from our hearing approached and chit-chatted during the break. Nothing of substance related to that appeal was discussed, mostly about the history of West Hollywood and Santa Monica. Um, I would also like to thank staff for the Congress last night. It was um, wonderful. It was really great to see the, the work being done by all the commissions. Sometimes we're pigeonholed in what we do ourselves, so to hear some of the stats was, was nice. To hear, and last, um, I will be absent from our next meeting. I will be in Greece, so you'll have to be without me. <laughs> and Commissioner Bass. Yeah, I'll join the chorus and uh, thank Melissa and the entire city clerk staff and, and our staff, everybody, for a really great Congress last night. I've missed them. Uh, we had them years ago, and, and I just really missed being able to get together with other folks uh, throughout the city. And regret that I didn't get to spend more time with my colleagues on this commission, but grateful I got to, uh, to have some time with uh, some some uh, city staff and folks from other commissions and boards. Uh, I regret that uh, Commissioner Designate uh, Rory is is not here anymore. Uh, but uh, I'll welcome him formally when he's uh, sworn in. But I uh, served with him for four years on the Public Facilities Commission uh, in 2013 to 2017, and he's just uh, a fantastic uh, public servant. And so I'm excited to work with him. And uh, 
thank you for everything tonight. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I want to thank Vice Chair Moore for um, heading the meeting last week. I had a very last minute work commitment. So thank you so much for stepping up and doing an amazing job. Um, I do want to say that I have noticed that the decisions from the hearing officers have um, been getting really superb. Um, you know, I'm, they're well-reasoned. It's explained. The valuation guidelines and sort of how they arrived at those uh, numbers are explained well. And so I think it makes it easier for us to, uh, to support uh, those decisions. And so I'm very grateful for that. So thank you for who we're finding to, to be hearing um, officers um, these decisions have been great. And then lastly, a few events going on in the city this weekend. The Women's Equality Day Takeover WeHo is on August 26, uh, 6 to 8. There's also an ERA Feminist Art Show on the 27th from 12 to 5. There's an artist roundtable. There's a summer sounds concert. So a lot going on, and I would say uh, for those interested, looking for something to do this weekend, or just wanting to be more involved in the community, wehold.org backslash, I think, events, or just click the calendar to find out all of the great events the city is putting on. Um, this meeting is adjourned to the next regular meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission to be held on September 14, 2023 in West Hollywood Park Public Meeting Room, Council Chambers. Have a great night. National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
Well, first of all, a National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and elected have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
Well, first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
well, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
Well, first of all, a National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and elected have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.